0604584 Thank you so much for all of those voice notes. So, well, the one that I'll respond to uh, has to do with the, the crying issue. I don't think it's uh, anybody who's crying. Um, I just think that uh, for the first time, you have a lot of former players, um, and I would imagine as well, and I hope, uh, you know, a number of current players also come out who are willing to put a face behind the stories. And it's from there that we can pick up uh, the conversations. It is from there where we can try and make that change that you uh, talk about. Because, I mean, if, if I follow, and I've said it to him gazillion times, that has always been one of my uh, favorite cricketers. And, and when I saw him uh, tweeting earlier, was it last week, he says, I... You know, you know, yeah, he said a lot of things, but l- let me leave that for the conversation that I'm going to have with them uh, right now, though. But um, I'm chatting about Elvira Peterson. Elvira, thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Welcome to Marawa Sports Worldwide. Good evening, Rob. Firstly, thank you for what you're doing, and it's always nice to chat to you. What do you make, firstly? Give me a reaction to what was said by the, I don't know, two, three, four former players that were reacting to the Lungigidi and uh, Black Lives Matter situation last week? Well, firstly, uh, I think I need to um, obviously say that they're entitled to their opinion, but I'm extremely concerned with the substance of their utterances. And, and, you know, particularly given the platform they enjoy as former cricketers, uh, but most importantly, given where we have been as a country, and, and our brutal past. I think it's, it's um, vexatious and unnecessary, really. When they say what they say about Black Lives Matter, and they almost take a, an ownership of cricket, saying that it's not going to happen, I, I think that was the subcontext of what uh, Pat Simcox was saying as well, uh, that no, 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 it's not going to be happening uh, as far as this cricket is concerned. What do you read into that? Do you read a historical ownership of an entity that is supposed to be a national team incorporating many different cultures, but just uh, open for very talented cricketers? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it is. Um, and, and that's exactly what I read into it. You know, it, 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 sp- it shouts out loud as to sy- systemic racism. You know, so effectively it's a system opposed to um, what what one party wants um, and not let the other one in. And, and unfortunately, you know, we, we live in a country where, where race plays a big role. And, um, you know, it, it probably has been for a while where, let, let's take, for instance, just cricket, um, where some players felt like they own the team, they own cricket, they own everything. And if you don't... Um, if you don't walk on, on a straight line, you know, they'll just get rid of you. And, and that is sad because, you know, it's supposed to belong to all of us. Um, we go out there, we play as hard as anyone else. And I think we need to get the reward as anyone else gets. But when you hear now and, and when you see again, maybe let me start with the 30-odd players that have have signed, you know, in support of Lungi and what he stood for. And I looked at the composition again, Elvira, and I'm like, oh, but there's a certain sector of society that's missing uh, in this. Maybe there's another list that might be coming up uh, at, at some other point. But from the initial list, what do you make of that and what does it read to you? Well, so, so, so first of all, I know that Cricket South Africa, after the um, Pat Simcox and Buta Dipinar and Co. Um, made those public utterances, that uh, CSI did say that they... Um, support the Black Lives Matter. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like there isn't enough former players that came out and said, 
what these players have said, we, we need to condemn that. Um, you know, we need to we need to say in the strongest of terms that we, we do not agree with them. That's all you have to say, really. But we haven't seen that. You know, players just keep quiet and, and, you know, like all things, they, they probably thought that it will blow over in five, six days' time. And, and as former players, um, you know, we felt that um, we need to make a stance. We need to make a stance, um, not just because <clears throat> we want to be destructive, but because the ground is fertile, you know, change can happen now. And, and a lot of people ask, but why haven't you guys spoken out in the past? The reason for that is because most of us felt that if you say something, first of all, people won't hear you or nothing will happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why go through all of that um, heartache and uh, just to get a, a message across? But this time around, the, the ground is fertile and we felt as, as former players that we need to. Uh, you know, just ensure that people know where we stand with this. What was your worst experience? Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a tough one because you uh, there's a lot of isolated incidents, but um, you know, it's it's a matter of understanding what the system is about. You're getting into the system, you understand, you see how they operate, what you. What you say, you almost know the response of you, you shouldn't go there, you shouldn't do certain things. So every day was an experience. Every day was an experience of, well, I hope I don't put uh, a foot wrong because, you know, who knows, next month I might not have a salary type of thing. So it's about really uh, almost walking on eggshells all the time. Um, and I mean, there are, there are still a lot, lot of isolated incidents that has happened. Um, that and 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 I have tweeted that you know what I won't I won't name you now because mm-hmm. the time will come that I'll have to name you and that will possibly be in my book that I'll I'll be writing. You're talking about your teammates then that were also representing South Africa playing alongside you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's. Um, uh, there were there were some. Most of them were, were good guys, um, and mm. you know I've, I've also said that uh, you know you can't put everyone under the same under the same umbrella because most of them, the majority of them, were good men, um, and I appreciate that. But there were some rotten apples, and unfortunately, you know what happens when there's a few rotten apples in a in a box. You know, it, it almost it almost damages mm. the whole thing. No, for sure. But in looking currently, and the minister did allude to this the other day, that he's been unhappy with some of the things that are happening within cricket. But also when you look at administratively what is going on, I said earlier when I was talking to Ethi that they've almost reversed all of the gains, um, Elvira, that we've seen through the years. And it's almost like this old boys club has come together again to try and give direction, uh, whatever the direction is to cricket. Yeah, it is. But also, I think I think it's a combination of a lot of things. We must we must understand that the the media has a, play a, play a big role. So you know they the, should be the eyes and ears of the public. And so the public listen to them. They listen to what they they say and they listen to or they read and listen to what they write. So, you know, um, uh, and yes, a lot of people will say that it's the old boys club back together. I mean, Graeme Smith is the director of, of cricket. Mod Boucher is um, the coach. Callis is, is the batting consultant. Now, 
Um, those guys might be the the best guys for the position, but um, you know, there's all, also a procedural thing that you have to look at. How were they appointed? When were they appointed? How did it come about? Was the right procedures followed? And I think that is what a lot of people are asking at the moment because they need those answers because it's different for others and where you have to apply and, you know, you have to go through rigorous processes. But for some, it's just much easier. So, you know, it just shows, again, that um, that systemic um, racism, as we, as we can call it, still exists. That's part of the conversation, Alvira, that we're going to be having after the news with the journalists uh, because they've been digging quite deep as far as that appointment is concerned. Do, do you smell a rat, though? Do you have an inclination? I know that it has been written down before. You have passed an opinion um, about this appointment as a lot of people still dig in to find out what exactly has transpired and hopefully we'll get a couple of answers after the news. But what, what do you think is, has transpired here with the appointment of Mark Boucher and Graham Smith? Well, I think, I, I think to, be, to be very honest with you, I think the, the board was under pressure. Um, to make an appointment, uh, first of all, to, to appoint a CEO in Jacques Four, and I think he's a, I think he's a good guy. You know, I've worked with Jacques Four before. I think he's a he's a solid guy. And then he obviously appointed um, Graham Smith with with the help of the board. And then it sounds like Graham Smith appointed Mark Barcher. Um So so these things happened really really quickly. Um, and you, you know, it's, I suppose it's probably the the same thing as 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 being a human that you're attracted to people that look like you, um, mm. talk like you, and and perhaps also think like you. You know, but um, we must also understand where we are as a country and what are we trying to achieve. Um, and the and the media just needs to play a bigger role. They knew that when those appointments were done, there was no. Um, there was no interview process. Well, if they if they didn't know, did they ask anyone? How was the appointment done? Why is it only happening now? Um, you know, where, where people are coming out and say, but listen, yeah, what's happening? And now all of a sudden they want to start digging. It doesn't add up. I know that you were doing legal studies. Are you still un- undergoing those? <laughs> I am, yes. Players Union, would that be a possibility for you at some point? Well, I was I was I was looking into it um, because I was asked by 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 some players and and administrators and others, um, you know, to to look into it. Um, but uh, since then, I think Saka has stabilised a little bit, um, and it was it was just to to give the players an alternative voice. But since then, I think Saka has stabilised, and you know, we'll we'll monitor where where they're going and if if they have the best interests of all the players at heart, given. That the majority of players are players of of colour um, that mm. they represent. You know, in the past there have been things that um, some players weren't happy about, um, that they almost took sides in terms of which corner they're going to sit in. Um, but uh, at the moment, it, it's not on the table. But if need be in the future, you know, we we open for that. I mean, I, I look at a guy like Enoch Nkwe, qualified more than most. Mm-hmm. Almost has to play a secondary role, um, as if he's the one that's in the learnership. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one because um, you know he, he went to 
to India. Uh, it's a tough place. Everyone knew South Africa was going to lose there. They were going to take um, the greatest coach ever under the sun. South Africa were going to probably lose that series. It was going to be a tough series for them. But he, he did well in the in the T20s. Um, so, you know, then coming back and never really having that opportunity, there's a new leadership in place, and um, all of a sudden he's, he's the deputy. So it is tough for him. But also, like um, in the past, I don't think he he wants to voice his opinion. He'd rather just sit back and say, you know what, um, this is my job, and you know I need to protect the, the bread on my table that I need to put on my table for my kids and my, and my family. Yeah, but that, that's the trend that we're hoping to, to change, though. And as I said, hopefully after the news, when we have the journals on, Elvira will have a, a couple of more answers to that. But when you, when you talk, and, and I hear you talk very passionately about the media, their involvement, uh, and maybe their assistance in terms of not overlooking a lot of what has happened. I mean, it almost reminds me of a Peter de Villiers uh, scenario when he was still coaching the Springboks. And you would always see these negative headlines about Peter de Villiers. Instead of focusing on the fact they were focusing on his voice and they were talking about how he was joking uh, but not realizing that he was getting some of the best results uh, that any Springbok coach would ever get but that was never the highlight of what they were talking about. Do you think that the ownership of the of the media being in, in the main a white media owned um, that they would not be reporting this that you and I are talking about right now? Yeah, well, my opinion is that um, I think uh, they can do better. Um, that has always been my opinion. Um, you know, if, if, if you look at and, and just the other day on Twitter, um, when I spoke to Ken Bill and, and um, I asked him a question. In fact, he came up with it and he said, but listen, uh, 80% of Cricket South Africa's board is black. Five out of the six coaches in the franchise is black. Why, why do you blame anyone else, why do you blame the white? My, my answer is simple. My answer is simple is that the guys will appoint those five out of six coaches are the five out of six CEOs within franchises, which you failed to mention. The other thing is that, um, you know, for, from a board point of view, the board, yes, they make, they make decisions, but they're also under pressure because they need to make sure that they maintain sponsors, um, that the income comes in, you know, the revenue is important. So, you know, you, you can't make decisions as you want. You just have to stay in line um, often. And and I think it, it's, a, it's a thing that is almost ingrained in, in the system. But is there hope? If this momentum continues, Alviru, as a final question, do you think that there is hope of a turnaround and that uh, people will be judged uh, by their performances? Lungi Gidi is uh, on merit doing the best things. I mean, why must they be always trying to prove that, okay, I'm here on merit and what are you here on when you've, you, you've seen so many of the guys as well uh, producing who happen to be black players? Yeah, I, I, I think it will change. I think it, it will take strong minds. Um, and, and everyone out there that, that feel that I need to be the change or Ashwell Prince need to be the change or Lungi and Gidi, that is not so. Anything you can create, you can destroy. And those who created racism, they can destroy racism. And there's no such thing as reverse racism because you can only be a racist if you have the power to institutionalize what you do to people who are different to you.
Mr. Nathan Peterson, I know you don't use that name a lot, but Alvero <laughs> Peterson, thank you so much for being part of this conversation. And like I said, that we will tap into your knowledge again pretty soon because we don't want to make this a once-off conversation at all. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Rob. Thanks so much there. Elvira Peterson joining us right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide. And we'll take some of your comments. 0605842250.